Wow, thank you so much. Um, it's really a privilege to be here. And um, yeah, there's a lot of our classmates here, which is really fun. And uh, Rick and Joanne, they're just awesome. Thank you for letting me be here. And I just want to say thanks to this whole church because, you know, your church, you guys have been sowing seeds into our ministry over there since the beginning. And so what you hear today, this is your fruit. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of people. This is your fruit. This is your sowing seed into us. You are a part of this. So don't feel like an observer. Feel like a participant. Because this is because of you. And so I just want to say thank you to each one of you. Thank you to this wonderful church. Thank you to the awesome worship, yeah. right? Yeah. I just sit in worship and I just think, God, you are so good. You're so good. And you know what? He's not only good, but he just loves us so much. So blessed by his love and by his goodness. So thank you for this, for this time together. You know, there's so many things to share. And I want to share a little bit about what's happening. I want to share a little bit about what God's been teaching me. Um, but we're going to start out with some slides because pictures are just wonderful. Yeah. So we're going to start out with some slides and a couple of videos um, of Hong Kong. And I've actually been there now for eight years. I've been in Asia for 22 years. So it's really, um, I guess it's God's purpose for my life. And I hope to stay there a lot longer. So, um, yeah. So Hong Kong is a beautiful city. Next one. It is just, it was, before COVID and some other things happening, one of the economic hubs for Asia. And you can see it's just really, really crowded. There's about 7.5 million people. So it's a very crowded city at all times, but it's just, people are wonderful. So this year has been a year of transition for me. And I'll tell you why a little bit more, but... I transitioned from living in a hotel out, or a hotel, oh, I wish. No, it was a really nice, um, they call it a village house, a second floor, a small apartment out in a fishing village to in December, I moved into the big city. And I got rid of all of my furniture. I moved into a, a service apartment. We'll go up one more. Yeah, so, oh, go, go back, back. Sorry, I will tell you guys, I promise. I told them I might forget, but go back one more. Yes, so I transferred all my stuff that wasn't furniture and moved into a, a service department, which really is just a furnished apartment, overlooking the harbor. Wow. So the next picture is, that was my view. Wow. Isn't that incredible? So it's, it, it is a year of transition because of some more things happening, but it's just been so fun to watch how God has provided and um, being transitioned. But the office also moved from the fishing village. That's the next one. We had two small rooms like this, and we moved into this huge place um, that is, um, it's the, the, the church that I belong to, their office is above, so they're helping us get this place. Next slide. So now we have three big offices, and we have room for classrooms. So we have classrooms, we have um, groups, we can have events, we can have praise and worship nights, we can have pizza night. Yay! Yes! <laughs> okay, sorry, you instigated this story. So when Rick and Joanne came over to Hong Kong, guess what he wanted to eat? Pizza! Pizza! <laughs> so we had very, few, very little Chinese food and a whole lot of pizza. It was good though, wasn't it? <laughs> but anyway... So now we have this incredible office set up. 
And we're, we're set up for classes, we're set up for students, we're set up, I mean, it's right in the city. People drop in for lunch or drop in just to say hi where they never did that before. So that's been a big transition for us as well. Next slide. So Andrew Womack Ministries, Karis Bible College, Hong Kong. Next slide. In 2014, we had six students and my goal was 20. I even put my bank password as 20 students. <laughs> I was just so excited. In 2016, we got 20 students. Hallelujah. Now, after eight years, we have 528 students in five countries. You know, it's really funny because when I, when I, um, I was up in, in um, another country, a closed country, so I won't say names, and for 14 years, and when I left that, I said, God, I want to do something that is so big and so impossible, I cannot do it myself. So... He put me in Hong Kong, and we're ministering to Hong Kong, Malaysia, Taiwan, Singapore, and the closed country. So God has been incredible, and it's God's doing. It's not me. It's really, really not me. But God is just doing amazing things, and the majority of our students are Chinese. And I have to say, you know, without Greg and Safi, Greg and Safi, raise your hand. Greg and Safi are on staff. They are members of this church. And, um, and they moved here um, about, well, two years ago now, right? Two and a half. But anyway, they have been the ones to help us get all of the curriculum into Chinese. So without them, we would, we'd still be at 20 students in English. But we're at 528 with most in Chinese. And Brad and Lenny are here. Brad and Lenny, raise your hands. Brad and Lenny have been working for us too, helping with that process, which has been really exciting. And where's Brandon? Brandon, I didn't say hi to you in first... Brandon, who is on the piano, yeah. Brandon was one of our first-year students. He graduated from first year in Hong Kong. So good representation here, guys. Yeah, this is good. Anyway, so we're excited about what God is doing. And notice that 50 in Singapore. We have 50 students in Singapore right now. I'll talk about that in a minute. Next slide. So this is my staff. Uh, myself, and then uh, two years ago, Mike Marcinkowski and his wife, Jesse, she's from um, mainland China, he's from Chicago, came over, and Mike is now the Keras director in Hong Kong. And then um, by me is Jackie, brand new office manager, hallelujah. She thinks about things before I do, and she'll send me an email and say, would you like me to do this? Oh, love it. And I'm leaving, but anyway, I love it. Anyway, I'll talk about that in a minute. And then Edna, who's here next to, who's next to Mike, and she's coming to second year, in August, so she'll be here to do her second year. So we're excited. Next slide. We've had two opportunities, only two, because of COVID and lockdown, to have groups this year. So we had a huge Christmas event, um, which was fun. We just got everybody we could together and we just had a huge Christmas party and just celebrated. It was really nice. And then second slide is we had, they had, I know I keep leading up to this, but they had two going away parties for me. So that was one of the going away parties. And it was the first time most of our students had met each other as well as me. Wow. Everything had been on Zoom for years. Wow. So all of a sudden they came in and they go, oh, you're my classmate. Oh, you're my classmate. So it was really fun. And so you can see this office is just going to be a place of community, a place of fellowship, a place of gathering. And God has now given it to that, uh, that to us, which has been wonderful. So 
Then we had graduation. And graduation was, because it wasn't Hong Kong graduation, it was Malaysia and the closed country graduation. Graduation was online. Rick was there as our guest speaker, online of course. You can go back to the graduation. I want to say one thing about it. It was so funny because they were trying to change their tassels to say they were now graduated. And uh, they got these big smiles on their faces. We couldn't get gowns, we couldn't get certificates, but we were able to get hats and tassels to them. <laughs> so that was really, really fun. That was a really fun time. Next one. So one of the things that God has been doing with me is, um, because we're doing a lot of eCaris, all our first year students are, are doing eCaris or online, and we meet once a month with them. And so I had, last year when I came home, I had 10 groups every month that I met with. Now that doesn't sound so bad except for if you're working all day and then you have 10 evenings a month where you have to facilitate a group. It was really a lot and getting to be a lot. So my goal this year was to train up facilitators. So we started um, second year students and alumni and we now have all of those up in the corner plus another 10 who we've now trained up in how to facilitate and they're doing fantastic job co-facilitating with each other and I only lead one group. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So God has been good, but these are our future leaders. And finally, after eight years, we're seeing leaders come forth to be able to handle the ministry, which has been good. It is. It's awesome. Um, great. Okay, next slide. Ah, I love Eddie and Elaine. Eddie and Elaine, I actually first met them when Rick and Joanne came over. They came to um, here, Pastor Rick. And um, I didn't know him before that. And Eddie is now second year, and Elaine has finished first year. These guys are dynamic, dynamic, and such good friends. So we're going to hear from Eddie in a video. To eCares from Hong Kong. The greatest message I learned from Andrew and Max teaching set me free from self-righteousness and legalism. Holy Spirit gave me a lot of revelation at that time, and I kept all these in my heart. I have a strong desire to share all this revelation with people around me, but I have no idea of how to start with. Until one day, Pastor Greg Moore came to visit Hong Kong a few years ago. He preached in a Sunday service in a church I was attending. Before he started to preach, he called me and my wife to stand up. He began to prophesy over us. He knew nothing about me, but he said that I have a lot of revelation from God and he encouraged me to write all these down. This was exactly what I have in mind. I knew that God was speaking to me through Pastor Greg. Since then, I started to write my own blog to share with my friends about Grace's message. I received a lot of good responses. Then God put another desire in my heart to set up a YouTube channel for Bible study to reach out more people. I have no experience in doing this, but I took my first step out. My first video was on how to know you are born again. People start to subscribe to my channel. I continue to make more teaching videos. There are now over 30 videos in my channel. My church is going to adopt my video as the official Bible study material for cell groups. I've never thought of becoming a YouTuber before. But God has his own plan to expand his kingdom in his own way. Now, I'm also teaching a course in church named More Than Conquerors, 
reaching over 500 people so far. All these are made possible through the confirmation I received from the prophecy through Pastor Greg. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's been really fun because I watched Eddie grow, right, in the grace message. He was actually pastor at a traditional church. And it's the traditional church that's now taking his Chinese, a Chinese grace message. You cannot find that out there hardly at all. But now with the Chinese grace me message in Cantonese by a, by a main uh, speaker, right, Cantonese speaker, he is going out and his church, not even, I mean, it's a traditional church, is now using his message as Bible study material. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. It's really amazing. And over two years, he has trained up 500 people through his um, studies on Sharper Than a Two-Edged Sword, wow. giving him grace. And he, he says that they've seen healings, they've seen you know, people filled with the Spirit. It's just been amazing. And the first time he did it, he did it at a friend of his church, right? Because he didn't think he could do it at his church. He did it at a friend of his church, and he had 70 people attend, and we got 20 students, including the pastor, for Karis out of that. So it's really exciting. So far, his current pastor in the traditional church has said that he can't advertise Karis yet. But it's a church of hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. So I'm just excited because there's going to be an explosion. So next slide. That was his first church that he did it at, so that's kind of fun. Next slide. So here's the big news. So I'm moving to Singapore. And um, because we have expanded so much in Hong Kong, We've set such a good base, right? A great office, lots of students, Karis director there, awesome office manager, and God said, it's time to expand. So we've got 50 students in Singapore, and it's pretty exciting because there are so many people there who are hungry. And you might say, well, Joseph Prince is there. You're right, he's there, but he doesn't have a Bible college. That's where we come in. So, and most of our students in Singapore are actually from his church. So it's really exciting to see what God's going to do. And there you can see Pastor Greg and um, Janice were in Singapore in 2019. And um, it was great. People just loved it. So, yes, we are moving. We are moving to Singapore. So um, I, I, I sold everything. I left Hong Kong. I came back with three suitcases. And we're waiting for permission from the government. Um, it's been in We've had it in the government for, to register as a, um, a company for four months, and we're still waiting. But you know what? It's okay. Because I know that I know that I know that we are supposed to open Karis there, and I am supposed to be there. Amen. So. Amen. Yes. So that will be the English hub, and Hong Kong will stay the Chinese hub. So this is really exciting. All right, next slide. So just a quick testimony, this is Janice, and Janice is in Malaysia. And um, Janice is a first-year student, Janice loves Jesus, and she got a hold of the Discipleship Evangelism DE material. Look out, here comes Janice. She started with one person and said, can I do this with you? I'd really like to do this. And they said, yes. Someone else was like, what? You're doing it with them? I want to join. Okay, so they joined. Someone else, can I? She now has 10 people. She has three groups, and every single one of them, she's told them they have to go out and do it with someone. The thing I love about this is it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about training them up so they can take it. 
And we're just with Eddie, with Janice, we're seeing them do it. They're taking it. And so that's what's so exciting, to watch what God is doing through our students. Next one. Uh, this is Max. Whoa, Max is upside down. Max is very talented. <laughs> okay, so can we start? There we go. Hi, I'm Max, and I wanted to just share my testimony about what a blessing Andrew Womack Ministries and uh, Caris Bible College have been to me. Um, I'm uh, living in Singapore, and I've been li listening to Andrew's teachings for you know more than 10 years now. Uh, and they've been a super blessing. I learned so much from them. Um, I decided to sign up with Caris Bible because I wanted to just learn more about the Word of God. Uh, and I'm a first year um, student. Um, earlier this year, um, I had a medical condition, quite a serious one. Uh, I had heart failure and um, there was water in my heart and lungs. I had an irregular heart rhythm. My heart was enlarged. Things weren't looking very good and um, you know, I was suffering from uh, quite distressing symptoms and I, I was admitted to hospital in, in the intensive care unit a couple of times. Um, in hospital, uh, I wasn't allowed any visitors, you know, and, but thanks to you know, the teachings of Andrew and Carrie's Bible, I was able to stand on the word and you know, just remind myself of God's promises. You know, I would declare them. Uh, many times a day over my condition and the situation uh, and you know those were um, a tremendous blessing um, I had some dark days in the hospital uh, when I felt very alone and wasn't sure what to do but you know I reached out to my Caris uh, classmates in, in Singapore and uh, you know Cindy in Hong Kong and Edna were really supportive also and they prayed for me uh, and it was, it was wonderful because um, I just felt that, that love and the fellowship through my classmates. And uh, they taught me and they reminded me about God's word and you know how to stand on God's word. And they also pointed me to um, uh, teachings through, from Barry Bennett. Uh, and you know, Barry's healing journey was amazing. It was just so encouraging. And uh, through my classmates and uh, Andrew's teachings and Barry's uh, testimony and testimonies from many other instructors, well, hey, um, I judge God faithful, you know, and, and uh, these have made, given me the strength uh, to walk through this uh, healing journey. So praise God. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. So just, yeah, amen. So just to fill in some of the details, you know, um, Max, when he did contact me, he'd been in ICU for a week already. I didn't even know there were problems. And then I, his Karis group, his group, got around him and just fired off declarations, declarations, scriptures, and it really encouraged him. And then about a week later, the doctor said he needed a heart transplant. And we just were like, no, you are healed in Jesus' name, you know, and continuing that. And so Max, is, he's actually a corporate lawyer and he has all of Asia Pacific for his company. So he's a really um, busy guy, um, but he's home now, no heart surgery, no nothing, nothing, totally healed. So that's exciting. So, you know, um, just wanna say that then other places, you know, that we have and that we're doing, and people are hungry. People just want the word. They want relationship. And so we can go to the next slide. Just pray, pray for the persecuted church because it's only getting more difficult. 
Pray for our relationship with pastors and leaders of the church. We really try to go through the pastors. When the pastors bring it into the church, it's acceptable, right? We've got six pastors doing eCares right now in Hong Kong. And um, also just in Singapore, pray for this registration. It has to be approved. That's all there is to it. So just stand in faith with us, and then I will go for my visa and um, get my visa. I hope to be there by the end of August. That's my goal. And then once I get there, we hire staff, set up an office, and whew, run. So, um, yeah, just if you're thinking about it, you can be praying with us. We'd appreciate that. So, again, thank you so much for all that you have. Yeah, she's cute, isn't she? For all you guys have put into it, because this is your fruit. This is your fruit, which is so exciting to me. Um, you know, every, like everywhere in the world, people in Hong Kong have been suffering, struggling with the lockdowns, with financial issues, with job-related issues. But you know what? There's a difference because we have the Lord. We have, we have a surety to stand on. And our students, the more they learn who they are and what God has done for them, the more they stand in victory. Holly's one of our students, and she is, um, she's from mainland China, and her husband Joseph is from Taiwan. And they got married through a unique circumstance and overcame a lot of addiction-type things. And just a few months ago, Joseph um, and Holly invited Joseph's mom from Taiwan to come live with them in Hong Kong. And Holly has been sharing with me over months how difficult this has been. She's not good enough. She can't be good enough for mom's son. She can't do good enough. And she just was feeling beat down, beaten down, beaten down. But you see, we, Holly stands on the word. Holly knows the word. Holly has the foundation of carrot. She has a foundation there. So I, I was praying with her, ministering to her, just saying, Holly, just, just get into God, Right? Just get into God. And um, a, about a month and a half ago, Holly came, or Holly connected with me. She only speaks Chinese. But she connected with me and she said, Cindy, Cindy, I got a revelation. God showed me how much he loves my mother-in-law and how much, how he sees my mother-in-law. And she said, he told me that I need to love her and see her that same way. So I have said to God, yes, I will. And she said, now we're just like this. <laughs> so it's really fun to see how God, because of the word, because of who he is, because of relationship, how he changes lives. He is transforming so many lives over there. People are being healed. Relationships are being transformed. And it's exciting to see how people are acting like Eddie on the word on their word, on what the prophecy Greg Moore had, and just on what the word says and wanting to share it. So we're all on a journey, right? I'm on a journey as I make this transition to Singapore. We're just all on a journey. But for me, what it is is I never planned to go to Singapore. I planned to stay in Hong Kong, yet here I am because God said, and I'm being obedient. It wasn't what I planned. Maybe it wasn't even at first what I thought, but God said it, so I'm being obedient. And so I just want to um, share a little bit about today, about my transition over the past year somewhat, but also just the things he's been teaching me. One of the verses that he has been 
uh, has been on my heart is Matthew 6.33. Now this is a verse we all know, right? Everybody can say this verse with me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's one of those first verses that we learn. But my question for you is, what does it really mean to you? What does it really mean to seek God? I mean, how do you seek him first? Is it just spending time with him every morning? Is it when I have a question, a problem, a concern, I go to him and ask him how to deal with it? What does it mean to seek him? And also, um, why did Jesus say, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? Why didn't he just say, seek God? Would have been easier. Well, we think. And lastly, what are you seeking him for? That's the biggest one. What are you seeking God for? One thing I know for sure is we need to be intentional about our relationship with the Lord. When we get saved, yes, we know the Holy Spirit comes in. We are a new creation. But the rest is an automatic. We don't just have this automatic, wow, I'm super Christian now that I'm saved. No, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional in our relationship with him. And that's where I feel this verse, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, comes in. And why it's so important that we really understand it. So, my title today is Seek First, Lessons I've Learned in Obedience and Patience. Nobody likes those words, no. obedience and patience. Right? And yet there are opportunities for growth big opportunities for growth sometimes, but they're great opportunities for growth because usually when we're in a tough situation, that's when we go to God and we say we seek him. But all we're doing is asking, sometimes begging to get an answer. But are we really seeking him? So I'm going to share with you what I've been learning in my study of Matthew 6.33 and my lessons in obedience and patience. So let's look at, we're going to look at chapters five and six a little bit before, and we're going to look at what the kingdom is. And I get so fascinated by this. Even when I teach it, I just get so excited about it because, you know, during this time, Jesus is talking to his disciples, his followers, right? These are people who want to learn. They want to grow. Or some people are just really curious. But he's talking to them. But remember, they are still under the law. Jesus was on earth, but everybody was still under the law, right? He hadn't fulfilled the law yet. So as he's talking to them, what is he really saying? What is he really doing? He's introducing them to a new concept. He's introducing them to the kingdom. The kingdom that's coming. And can you imagine? It's easy for us to imagine the kingdom, right? We, we live in it. We understand it. We have the word. But imagine what it sounded like to them to all of a sudden hear these radical concepts come their way. He started talking about God the Father. In the Old Testament, it mentions maybe 13 times God the Father. They didn't know God as Father. They knew him as judge or maybe the merciful Maybe grace in some instances, but he wasn't father. But all of a sudden, Jesus starts talking about the father. 
And what does that mean? The father means there's relationship. They didn't understand God in that relationship. Can you imagine their heads when they're going, a father? Like God? Like, because he was the father of Israel, but that was a nation. It wasn't a personal relationship. So he started talking about the father. Then he started talking about relationship. Okay? And then he started talking about the Holy Spirit. He will be in you. Whoa, wait a second, right? So all these radical things are coming out of Jesus' mouth. And you can just imagine people were like going, is he for real? Like, you can see the anointing, you can see the miracles, but the things that come out of his mouth are so different than what we've learned. I think the, the, the third thing is he started talking about the heart behind their actions. Old Testament, all about the law, all about your actions. You sin, you go make a sacrifice, you'll be right with God, so you sin again, right? It's, it's, there's all action-based. But now he's talking about, wait a second, if you kill somebody, is there anger? Because even having anger is a sin. If you commit, or commit adultery, it's not, it's, yes, you commit adultery, but even the lust is a sin. It's the attitude it's the heart behind it that he starts talking to them about so just think for a moment they must have been really blown out of their minds they just were like who is this man to talk about this but he was bringing the kingdom to them this is the kingdom something they didn't understand or didn't have familiarity with but they were seeing it then he goes on to talk about, don't worry about your, what you need to eat or drink or your clothes. Matthew 6, 25, right? Take no thought. I tell you, take no thought for your life. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, to them, life was what they were in, the circumstance. What they were eating, drinking, now he's saying don't take any note to this. Well, if we're not supposed to think about what we eat and drink and what we do, then what are we supposed to think about? What's our focus supposed to be? Again, this is easy for us. We're like, of course we know, it's God. But we have, we have, we have. Thank Jesus we're on this side of the cross, right? Thank Jesus we're on this side of the cross. But for them, it had to be so almost confusing for them. But he said, take no thought, don't worry. Don't focus on it. Don't be occupied with it. These are things of the world. Instead, look at the heart, the attitude of the heart. Focus on him, right? Focus on him. And when we focus on him, he was saying, trust me. Trust me. Because then when we learn to trust, the attitude of our heart is trust, what happens? Psalms 125.1 is an amazing verse about what happens when we trust. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed but abides forever. When we trust him, whoa, look out world, here we come. We have strength, we're unshakable, we're unmovable, but you know what, even more than that, we take a position like Mount Zion. This is my position. 
I am in Christ. This is who I am. Right? That position is ours. That's what trust brings. Trust brings that. And when we understand why we can trust him, it's going to make it even, even greater. Look at this. Verse 32 in Matthew 6, um, 632 says, the Father, why do we trust him? The Father knows what you need. Here he goes. He's talking about the Father again. The Father knows what you need. Okay, he knows you need these things. So Father, relationship. My Father knows my needs. But it goes beyond that. Not only does he know my needs, my Father, I can trust him out of relationship to provide for every single one of those needs. That's amazing to me. So here we're setting the stage for Matthew 6.33. We're setting the stage to change from the natural, the focus on the things, the carnal, the behaviors, to focus on seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, and then all these things will be yours. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's so exciting because I think, wow, God, when we change our focus, it becomes so much clearer we can trust you. You know, I had a lady a couple, well, probably about a month and a half, two months ago. I'll call her Bella. So Bella called me. She's Chinese, but she spoke English, thankfully. So Bella called me, and she was just saying, I'm in so much fear. I can't go out of the house. I don't even want to get dressed. I'm afraid. My dad died. I'm afraid to die. And, and I'm going to psychiatrist, and I'm on meds, and the meds make me sick, and da 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 And I said, well, Bella, do you know Jesus? I do know Jesus. Okay. So I did some, some ministry with her and uh, talked with her. And I tried to get Bella to understand that when she takes that magnifying glass and she puts it on herself, everything is going to get bigger about her situation. But if she can take that magnifying glass and put it on Jesus, what happens? He gets bigger and Bella gets smaller. And so I, I was you know, talking with her, praying with her like every two, three days. And then I did the good thing that Karis Bible College taught me to do, I think it was Greg Moore, that you assign them homework. Because you know what? I can say lots of things to Bella, but the word is going to change her. And so I said, Bella, I want you to read John, the book of John, and I want you to, there was something else I wanted her to read in the word. And so I said, I want you to read these things and we'll talk about it. So the next time she called, Bella, did you read it? Well, I fall asleep every time I read it. Well, I can't, da, da, da. You know, so it was, and over a period of like five weeks, it was like, Bella, there's an answer right here. But you see, Bella didn't really know God. She, she was saved, but she doesn't really know God. And so she doesn't know that he is her healer. He's her provider and all that he's already given her through Jesus. So as we look at this verse, seek for his, his kingdom, right? We have to understand what the kingdom is. What are we seeking? We're seeking his kingdom. In Matthew 4, 17, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is 
here. It's at hand. It's here. Jesus is saying, hey, guys, I'm here. The kingdom is here, right here in front of you. Repent. Why? Because when we're going towards the world, it's hard to see the kingdom, isn't it? But we just turn. And every time we repent, which means just turning back to God, every time we repent, we give opportunity for that deeper growth to happen. Because we're saying, God, I want you. I want you, God. And so he said the kingdom is here. The kingdom is at hand. Again, it's that heart attitude, isn't it? And then Luke 17, 21, he says, Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Who's in you? Who's in you? Jesus. Jesus. Holy Spirit, right? The kingdom is in you. Okay, now we're going back to, well, seek first a kingdom, but the kingdom's in me. Mm. It's because I believe in order to understand the kingdom, we have to understand who God is. We have to understand what he's done for us. We have to understand how he sees us, who we are to him. And then he goes on, it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Who is his righteousness? Who's the righteousness? God, we are because of who? Because of Jesus, right? So many people think righteousness, not many, you guys, not you guys. Of course, not you guys. But other people, other people think righteousness, I will do right things, and then I'm right with God. What a lie of the enemy. What a lie of the enemy. I can never do anything right to be right with God, except for choose him to begin with, right? Thankfully, I am so thankful it does not depend on me. I am so thankful it doesn't depend on me, but it depends on Jesus. And Jesus already did it. He is the righteousness of God. And when he did it, he gave us everything we need for life and godliness. It's all ours. So we need to remember that we are unconditionally accepted by God because of the finished work of the cross, because of Jesus. You are unconditionally accepted. How exciting is that? What a great revelation for us. A lot of times we have it here. We've got to get it here because we'll live out of here. It's really hard to live out of your mind and keep going, but we're going to live out of here. So the righteousness of God, the righteousness being his righteousness is our identity. So here's one of my main points for today. Why do we seek him? We seek him to know who he is. We seek him to know who we are. That's why we seek him. And the best way, obviously, to know that is in the word, Romans 12 too, right? We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to be in the word so we know those things. And of course, you guys are getting it all the time here, which is awesome. But there's so many people out there who aren't getting it. They don't even get exposed to these wonderful truths that we start to take for granted. So we seek him to know him and to know who he is. How do we seek him? I believe there's two parts, attitude and action. The attitude of seeking him comes to we come in seeking to identify with him. It says in Romans 8, 29, that we are to, he predestined us to be conformed 
to the image of his son. That's our identity. To identify with him. And so that's the attitude that we come into. We seek him to identify with him. So many people identify with who the world says they are. Right? Some people, you, some people might say, ah, oh, you're such a great father. It's good to be a good father. But if you take that on as your identity, it's not going to work. Oh, you're such a good teacher. Great. It's awesome to be a good teacher. But that's not your identity. You're a failure. That is not your identity. Little kids, oh, you're just so stupid. That is not their identity. You're worthy. You're not worthy. That's just all garbage. That's not who you are. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is because of him. It's who he's made you to be. So we're predestined to be conformed to the image of, of Jesus. And I believe that that is how we seek him. That's the attitude with which we seek him. It's the position with which we seek him. So today what I want to do is I want to read some declarations over you. And I want you to just sit back. I want you to close your eyes. Take a moment, take a breath, and say, yes, this is who I am. This is who the word says you are. I am a son or daughter of the king and heirs with Christ. I carry the king of glory. I am a bearer of good news and a minister of reconciliation. I am the righteousness of God in Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I am created for good works. I have favor with God and favor with man. I am chosen to be holy and blameless in his presence and appointed to go and bear fruit that lasts. I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing and he has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness i am full of the holy spirit with more than enough power in me to heal the sick and raise the dead amen hallelujah that is who you are hallelujah that is who we are that is who we are because of him. If you're having a hard time believing some of those things, get in the word. Start reading them over yourself every day, five times a day, morning, noon, and night. Get that in you because that's who you are. So my second main point is that when we understand who we are in him, we realize we realize this is the position that we seek him from. I don't come and seek him from a, God, I'm sick, I need your help, please heal me, please. I don't do that. I seek him from a position of, this is who I am. I am your daughter, 
You love me. You care for me. You are my provider. You are my healer. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. This is who I am. Hallelujah. That's the position we seek him from. And you can't seek him from that position if you don't know his kingdom and his righteousness. So it all comes together that way. And when you seek him from that position, guess what's going to happen? He's, he, well, he's always talking to us, right? But we're going to hear him better. We're going to start to hear things, and then he's going to say, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And there's going to be, that's where that obedience comes in, right? When I, uh, last year when I came home, um, we, the ministry had said to us, we want a five-year plan for how you want to expand. Cool. Let's do it, right? But we knew that we had to expand into another country, and so we chose Singapore. And so we, 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 the plan was five years we would think about going into Singapore. We'd start making these plans. God is so good. Um, so it was like, okay, we can do this. We didn't really think about who, you know, maybe I would go. So um, we came in last summer with these plans and went to my upline, and she said, you know, I'm kind of thinking three years. I'm like, oh, okay, hold on, three years, right? And then that, that was the morning. The afternoon we met, met with Mike and Carrie Pickett, and we, they had said to us, you know, you might have to convince them. So we're like ready, oh, five years, you know, let's Singapore, let's do this. And we started talking, and Mike Pickett said, nope, you don't have to convince me of thing. I already know it. You're supposed to do it. Cindy, I want you in Singapore in a year. You know what my first thing was? The first thing I said was, God, this is my life you're talking about. <laughs> but you know what? It was hardly an instant later, and I said, okay, Lord, because if it's God, where else do I want to be? Right. And so it was like, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient. Had I not had foundation, had I not had trust, there's no way I would have said, okay, I'll do it that fast at least, right? But that obedience comes in because we're ready, we're prepared, we're in that position, we're seeking him, we know him, we know who we are. Then that obedience comes in. But then after that obedience of, okay, God, then all this transition, right? Moving apartments, moving offices. It was so funny. I said to God about a couple months ago, I said, Lord, really? Look at this beautiful office we now have, gathering, fellowship. I would even have my own office. And now I have to go? And he said, yep, let's go do it somewhere else. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'll do it. But now there's the patience because I thought we would be set up in Singapore, I mean, in January, really seriously. And it's been now and we're still waiting and we have to wait. And, I have to, and there's this patience. But you know what? Patience is just long-lasting faith. So I just stand in faith. And whenever I, I get this, do I get a doubt? Yeah, I get a doubt like, God, did we really hear you? And it's like, nope, not going there. I refuse to go there. We are supposed to go to Singapore. I am supposed to live in Singapore. Zoom, that's where I'm going. That's my path. That's my focus. You see, Bella doesn't know her position. So she only begs. She only seeks him out of need and lack because she doesn't know who God is. 
She doesn't know what he's done for her. But that's not us. We know who we are. We might not always believe it, but that's that transforming our mind, right? We know who we are. We stand in that position. We seek him from that position. So the attitude is seeking him in relationship, seeking him in position, the position of being son or daughter and all that we have in him, agreeing with him for what is already yours. The action, turn our eyes upon him. The action is a choice. I remember when I did first year Karis, um, I did the old, old, old curriculum, and Linda Parr was teaching. And Linda Parr was talking about choice. And, and, and it just hit me. I mean, we all have a choice. We know we have a choice. But all of a sudden, she was talking that we can choose how we respond. And it was a light bulb, and it was a revelation, and it was a change. Because all of a sudden, when somebody said something bad to me, I didn't have to pout for three days. Yes, that's what I did. Sorry. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I didn't have to pout for three days. I could choose to say, I forgive them. I'm not taking this. So, so we have a choice. Last year when I went home from Hong Kong, I went home to, um, I went home to Hong Kong, I had three weeks of quarantine in a hotel room by myself, can't open the windows, can't see anybody, except for those people who come and stick stuff up your nose for tests. But anyway, um, three weeks. And after two weeks, I said, Lord, I'm going to go crazy. I'm an, I'm an extrovert, a real extrovert. Introverts love it, right? Oh, give me two weeks in a hotel room. Thank you, Jesus. But not me. So I was like, God, I'm going to go crazy. I have a whole other week left. And this is what he said to me. Now, I never think of this. I know it was him. He said, Cindy, you have control of the remote. At your house, whoever has the remote control gets to watch the TV programs, right? And he said, you have control of the remote. You choose every day which channel you want to watch, which channel you want to be, depressed, moody, grouchy, or joy, thanksgiving, praise, praising him. You choose it, Cindy. And right there I said, joy and thanksgiving, that's me. And the rest, of the rest of the week was actually really fun with him. We choose it. We turn our eyes on him. We turn that magnifying glass on him. We focus and we fix. That's it. We don't move it. We focus and we fix. What you focus on, magnifying glass him, will become our reality. If I'd focused on being in quarantine for three weeks, I honestly and truthfully not sure I would have made it. Because, yeah start to go a little funny. But anyway, um, so you choose. So, you know, every day we have that opportunity to purpose, to be intentional in our relationship with him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then it says all these things, all these things will be added to us. We don't seek him to get those things or not seek him and don't get those things. Those things are already there. It's just when we seek him, we realize they're there so we can grab a hold of them. He's not giving us more now. It's already there for us. But if we're not seeking him, we don't know what's ours. How can we walk in it? How can we grab a hold of it? How can we be victors and overcomers? And so those things are already ours. So we can walk out of the overflow. 
You know, just one quick testimony about, a continued testimony about this obedience and um, patience is that last year, I think I shared a little bit about this last summer, or, but last year in January, the Lord told me that he wanted me to leave the church that I had been in the whole time I was in Hong Kong. And I wrestled with him. But the way I wrestled was I went on a retreat and I just went into praise and worship. And I just started praising and worship, praising, worship, praising, worship. God, really? Praise, worship, praise, worship. And it was like, yes. And I was like, okay, but I knew that leaving the church was not for that church, was not because of me, but it was for the ministry. I knew it was for the ministry, but I didn't know what that meant. I had no clue, but I did it, right? Because he told me to do it. And about, well, there was another church that was, you know, I was thinking about, I went to that church. Do you know now, a year and a half later, I see incredible fruit. They're the church that has helped us get this big space. The pastor is now a second-year CEM student with 50 first-year students in the church. Leaders are being raised up left and right within that church. Um, we're, there's just so much, been so much support for us. Um, personally, he lets me preach, which I think is cool. So, but you know, the thing is, is that that didn't all happen just because I was obedient, but I believe there was a real key in there about me being obedient without knowing, without seeing, and waiting, but boy, the fruit has been incredible. So when we're obedient, don't always expect to know all the answers. And sometimes there is a time of waiting in there, but it's already ours. We don't doubt it just because we have to wait. We just have to wait because God's doing something. But for me, we, I'm waiting, as for the Singapore thing, I'm waiting with incredible faith for what God's going to do. So I just want you to encourage you to keep standing on the truth, his word. Keep your mind focused on him. It's not about your situations. It's not about your circumstances. It's not even about you. It's about Jesus. Hallelujah. It's about him. And as we do this, I encourage you to seek him. Seek to identify with him. Seek to know his righteousness in your life, right? Who you are. And then you will know so much more all that he's already given you and how you can use it. So thank you again for letting me share, for being a part of, of just not only support for me, but support of what's happening in Asia. And we are growing. We're expanding. Thank you, Pastor Rick and Joanne and everybody. Um, you're a blessing to us. We, we really couldn't do it without you. Can I pray for you? Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness to us. We just thank you for all that you have for us. Father, we just thank you that there is no holding back on your part towards us and what you have for us. And Lord, I just thank you that as we get in there with you, that you show yourself so strong to us. In fact, you're tapping on our backs. I just feel that. I see that picture. God is tapping on your back, saying, I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more for you. Turn around. Seek me. Seek who I am. Seek what I've done for you because I have so much more for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're so good and you already have it done for us. 
And Lord, I pray for each person today who's dealing with health issues or, or relationship issues, financial issues, whatever the issues are, that that magnifying glass right now will go off from them and onto you. And the more they magnify you and get to know you and praise and worship you, the more that the, the things in their life will just pass away. These things will become smaller, smaller, smaller until they forget they're even there. Father, I thank you for that. Lord, we just give you the glory. We thank you for what you're doing in Asia. We just speak into it. We speak more, Lord, more, more people getting to know who you are, more people being discipled, more people discipling others. Father, we thank you that um, this expansion into Singapore is going to do something that's beyond what we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Father, we love you. We praise you. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe there are some in this room, you're in the place between obedience and your breakthrough. You've stepped out, you're in obedience, but you're in the patient stage. It hasn't manifested, it's not a breakthrough, but the Lord's saying breakthrough's coming. And if that's you, I'd like you to come forward and stand across the, the, the stage and let the Lord minister by the Spirit of God to you right now. And so let's sing that again. Okay, um, so as I was just standing over there, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, let me paint the lens that you look everything through with rest. He's saying, let me expose those parts of the parts of your heart and where you're still thinking like the world and where you're thinking like an orphan. You're thinking about what you lack or you're thinking about, you know, how you have to work for something. He says, let me expose that and shoot it down with my truth. An orphan sees what they lack, but a son sees what is available to them. Um, so I felt like I was supposed to open my phone and go to the Bible, and it already had a verse open, and I don't know what, uh, what service this was from, but I'm going to read some of it because I feel like it's important. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He'll make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. And I just, I don't know. I feel like that verse is really important because the whole message was about obedience and about patience. And I feel like what the Lord wants to say is don't wait for your own time to act and don't wait on your own mind to act because if you do, then everything will not go according to plan or something might happen that you don't expect and you'll be back at square one. I don't know. I've never really ministered, so um, I, um, but um, I don't know. I just feel like that's important with like, even like finances or whatever you want to do. Um, even if God, if you, even if you feel like God is calling you to a specific space, don't uh, automatic, uh, if God says to automatically go there, then go there. But if he just says to wait, then wait. Don't worry about your own heart because it can deceive you. I've learned that. I've learned that several times. So, when the Lord speaks to your heart, be obedient. We just saw obedience here. I've never got up in front of a whole crowd and, and ministered, but I'm going to be obedient. That's what the Lord's asking. He didn't ask you for qualifications. 
He didn't ask you for great intellect. He didn't ask you for the plan. He asked you to be obedient. And so this is what this is about today. So I think uh, through the the message and the, the worship and the words, you'd have to not be paying attention to miss what God's saying today. So let's let's take it to heart. Let's be obedient and let's push through. And we're going to see God is faithful. Amen.